Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Touching Success, about special education. My name is Joy, and today we are joined by Sterling, my special companion, African Grey. I was having a conversation with somebody a few days ago, and we were discussing post-high school education, and even during high school education, and what are the best options for our students who have disabilities. I think it's really important to start addressing these issues all the way down into elementary school, starting with one which has kind of turned into a pet peeve of mine, and it may sound kind of cruel as I explain it, but I think if you think about it, it might make sense to you as well. My thinking is, as we go to children a lot, starting at a young age, you can be whatever you want, but that's not really true for anybody. For example, if a student comes to me and says, I want to be the next champion surfer off the Pacific Ocean contest that they do every year, but the child is scared of water and doesn't know how to swim, most likely that's not a good career choice for that student. It's just not practical. Now, is it possible? I suppose so. I do believe in putting your mind into something and pushing yourself as hard as you can to get to your goals. So if this kid truly wanted that and worked on overcoming his fear of swimming and what have you, then he might be able to accomplish that. But if he lives in Nebraska, it'll be really hard for him to get the skill sets that he would need in order to be a champion surfer. So yeah, that's a bit exaggerated, but it kind of proves the point that you can't always do what you really want to do. And this is where we start running into the sticky spot that has to do with disabilities, especially from early childhood up. There are so many different types of disabilities that you really can't put them all under one blanket and say this is the facts. So realize I'm not saying that at all. But I also think there's a reality to some of the disabilities that the kids need to learn to face, we need to learn to face, and we need to help children compensate for. My example of this one is very true. I was helping out a teacher with a student who was blind, and I asked the student, I was brand new, what would you like to do when you grow up? And she says, I want to be a race car driver. Well, these automatic cars that are going around right now, they they didn't exist at that time. So now maybe she could make that dream come true. But what is her reality in the future actually going to consist of? Is she actually going to be able to make it to be a race car driver? Should we be encouraging that attitude? And I just feel that we shouldn't be. We should help her try to explore other options that are far more practical for her and her needs. I want her to enjoy life And if she spends all of her time trying to become a race car driver, I don't see how that that's going to lead to an enjoyable life as well as one where she can support herself. So that's just one example I have. I've run into a few others. And so I've always made it part of my curriculum when they hit high schools to start researching potential jobs. I had one student, for example, he wanted to be a computer scientist. Well, with the way computers are able to be adapted now, That was a totally 
realistic goal for that student. And I would love to hear that he followed through on that dream. And it would just make me so proud of him. And that's very, very practical uh, use of skills and can be very lucrative. As I know several people who are computer techs and they are very comfortable. And very few of them even went and finished an AA at a community college. They got their experience, they got what they needed, and got themselves hired with these computer programming skills just because they knew them. And yeah, they're, they're doing well for themselves. And that brings up the next thing I want to discuss regarding the transition of students from high school and into the real world of life. And you have to ask yourself, does the student need to go to a four-year university program for bachelor's degree or after they've done their research on jobs that they would like to do, can they get away with just getting a two-year degree? Can they go to a vocational school and get what they need? Can Do they need to go all the way up to their master's degree? I think it's something so important and so worthwhile to explore. I'm going to start with vocational schools. When I was attending high school, vocational schools were where people went when they really were not good students. They really didn't have any needs or wishes or drive to go beyond those situations. But as I've matured and I've worked with disabled kids and I interact with people who run vocational programs, I've come to realize, no, vocational programs are hugely important and part of living in our life because the people who fix our plumbing, we're desperate. We pay a lot when that um, sink explodes or other things. Uh, electrical work that we need done, any number of things. And these individuals, you've paid those bills before. You know how much you're coughing up. And that's what these guys are either getting or they're getting some of if they're with a company. For example, the Institute for Business Tech in Santa Clara offers a bunch of certificates or offers the training to get those certificates. And some examples are, there would be cloud computing, cybersecurity, commercial refrigeration, heating and air conditioning, electrician, medical assistance, garden design, sound engineering, computer programming, and many, many other choices. And that opens the door for some of our students who are just their hands-on learning and sitting inside a classroom taking notes is just torture for them. And why put them through torture unless it's something that they specifically want and have not been pushed into? Some kids just do much better with hands-on learning. I know one of the high schools that I worked with a student on, they had a four-year program for cooking, and at the end of the four-year program, if they passed the final test, they got the cooking certificate so that they could go out of high school, walk across that stage, and open their own restaurant. And that's something I didn't mention, and I should have, is kids can start training for certificate programs and even some programs that will jump them into college while they are in high school. And to me, it seems a really good use of time 
if the student really knows what they want, is to take the time that the student has in high school and help them get started going down that road of a career path that they would really like to be a part of. So vocational training is an option for anyone who just prefers hands-on learning or doesn't want to spend the time to go to a four-year school to get a BA. And I think that students who walk the path of the vocational training and into the careers can do quite well for themselves. They end up with less debt and they get started into the work world sooner. So vocational school is definitely something to explore with your students. Then there are community colleges, usually a two-year degree that you can get out of it if that's the path you choose, one of their programs. One of the things I think is important about a community college is it's a little bit cheaper than your four-year college by a lot in some cases. And what is wonderful about it is that because it's more affordable, you can kind of explore the different choices that are there. So like I started off actually in theater and then I went to early childhood and then on to become a special ed teacher. And those are all paths that I was able to look at while I was at a two-year college because I could afford it. I could not afford to go to a four-year university and spend four years skipping around between degrees to figure out what in the world I wanted to do with my life. So if a student really is having a hard time, I would encourage a student take a look into attending a community college and exploring their options. What I did and what I would recommend is spend two classes on your gen ed stuff that you're going to have to get done and get out of the way if you go into a university, and then another one or two classes exploring an intro to something, intro to music, intro to psychology, intro to theater, intro to teaching. There's so many options, and I would take the time and explore those different areas until you just fall in love with something, and then you can commit to moving on to a four-year, or if they have a two-year program for it, you can go that route. So just Keep in mind that I really personally think going the path of a community college first before the four-year college, university, and exploring your options before committing all that time and all that money. I cannot tell you how many people I've heard who've said, oh, I went and I studied flowers in the university and I got out and there's no jobs for it. Go to a two-year college and study flowers there and then maybe you'll find out oh, this is not really a career this totally bores me so anyway I kind of pushed that a little bit hard but I still strongly feel that way it was a hard choice for me to make when I did it because I had been brought up with you will go to a university and get your bachelor's degree and move into a career from there it's just the attitude that was the environment around me with other students and teachers and family. It just was. And I think that when we have that attitude towards our students, our children, you will go to a, I think we take away options that might be better for them. It's just something to take into account when you are setting up the student's future plans on a, we call it an ITP, Independent Transition Plan which goes along with the IEP, which Individual Education Plan. And if you got both those right, 
brownie points. I don't mean to imply to crush any one of these areas for a student or that one area is better than another. It's going to be up to the student and the family in the long run as to what path is chosen for the student. So when it comes time to approach the student's ITP, you kind of want to have a good feel for what the student might be considering. One of the devices that I would use would be have the student pick two or three options and you can help guide them towards those options and then to research what those options are. Some students will need more support doing that than others, but then they can come back to you with their homework assignment and say, these are the things that I found out, which of course the more uh, capable students, you would make it a more complex, maybe a worksheet for them to go through. And for the kids who struggle a little bit more would be a much simpler worksheet. And then the kids know what's required to get those types of jobs and what they need to do to get it. So when they join you, and they should, at the ITP, they can present, this is what I want to do, and you can write the goals for helping the child get into those job positions. And it could be three IEP goals on three different positions. You're just working on exploring what the options are. I'll let you figure out how to write them. Another important part of getting an ITP set up is around the age 15, 16, you want to start hunting down that student's county rehab person. Sometimes they're incredibly busy and can't get to you for a long time, which is why you need to start the process very, very quickly. And sometimes you have to be a squeaky wheel. And if you really want to give a student a good assignment, is having the student help you chase down that particular person or people. It all depends on the county that the student is in. So don't forget the rehab counselor, and you want that person to come to at least one or two of the ITP meetings and help set up those IEP goals, especially, I would say, senior year is almost a no-arguing factor. They need to be there. Now, for a part that I cherish and I love doing as a teacher of young children is developing work skills. It also develops home care skills. It develops money skills. It develops a sense of responsibility and teamwork. When I taught the younger children, they were about 6 to 12, but in a lot of ways, their cognitive abilities were a bit younger. Not all, not for, true for all of them. And so what we would do was Friday was chore day and we'd vacuum the classroom, wipe down all the tables and I just used soap and water, do any dishes that needed to be done from Thursday's eat skill time. Then every day of the week, the students would have something that they were responsible for taking care of. So for example, attendance, I'd write down you know, so-and-so's absence, or I'd write down all here, and I'd give them to one of my students, and her job was to find her way to the education office and then give the attendance to the secretary there and then make her way back. It seems a simple enough chore, but for her it was very difficult and it took a lot of work to teach her that path. But once she got it, she was good, and she did that. So for each of the chores that they did... 
I'd give him a penny. Yes, I know. Sounds skimpy, but I'll explain why. One reason to start with pennies is like a dollar, but it's one, and then you have your five, your ten, your twenty-five. And that allowed the kids to shop in the in-classroom store. So I took bins, hit the dollar store, and filled these bins up with things that were of value to the kids. And the more they liked the item, like a slinky, I would put them in the more expensive one, which for them was 25 cents. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think they're only getting 5 cents a week plus chore time, so maybe 8, they have to save up for those more expensive items. So it also teaches them uh, wait for gratification. And so it was a really good program. The kids loved it, and I enjoyed it, and I knew I was doing a whole lot of good off of just one simple basic curriculum. So if you're a classroom teacher, I would recommend something like that. Just You have to get creative with the chores and what they can do. But it was a great way to spend uh, Fridays, which were short days for that school. And they they just got a lot out of it. And I ran into a student later, and they, they really liked that, that I did that. And then they, you know, usually they didn't wait. The The younger kids, they didn't wait. They wanted it right now. But the older kids, they, they started kind of getting the grasp of, oh, if I want that, then I have to, you know, do two weeks of chores to get that. And some kids, after a while, would come to me and ask me for more chores so they could earn the money faster, which was fantastic. And it tells you what kind of employee they're going to be when they get out into the real world. And hopefully they'll apply it in school as well as they get older. That was my sort of introduction to the work skills for these younger kids. I tried doing something similar with the older kids when I was teaching them, but just didn't quite go over the right way. You can always try with older kids. Maybe I needed to use bigger denominations, but I was doing this off my own change. So, and change is no big deal anymore, right? We just throw it off to the side in a big jar. And that's what I was using. Now the school that I was working at at the time really believed in that concept of teaching kids how to do basic work skills. So they developed a little store, got supplemented by a grant, and it was just for adults only. The kids couldn't participate in the buying of ingredients, but the kids did run the store. They helped stock it. They helped order things. They ran the cash register. Everything you can think of that would go into a store, these kids were doing. Those types of programs are really beneficial for students, and I love it when I see schools doing that. Another school where I had a student and I was going as the child specialist, they had a classroom of students who had Down syndrome, and that teacher that ran that classroom was fantastic. She actually helped the kids to learn how to make tamales, and then the kids would sell the tamales And the money that they earned, they saved up, and that went to take them to a trip to Disneyland. I mean, what kid in the world is not going to go crazy about learning how to do something so they can get to Disneyland? Unfortunately, there's also a bit of a sad story with this. The kids would sell high school-level snacks, your candy bars, your chips, and different kinds of drinks. The high school kids would go 
up to the door where they had a little cash register set up and they would buy a snack of whatever kind or a drink. And all the kids on the campus knew about it. And there was usually a bit of a line when I would come in uh, to get those items. Well, I don't know all the details of it, but the teacher told me they had to stop doing that because some regulation or another would not allow them to sell those items on campus. That's all I can think of. Maybe that food thing went through at that point. I don't remember. But I was sad because that means they were getting that much less finances towards going to Disneyland, which was their end of the year trip and their end of the year looking forward to. And, you know, all the variations of things, I'm sure you can imagine that 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 would have helped. And so those are my thoughts on post-high school education and in some cases during high school education to prep them for post-high school. Take a look at what you have and make sure that it's reasonable for the child and it's something that the child does want. And if they're younger, start prepping them for work skills, saving up money, spending money appropriately, all of these different things that we need to do as adults. I like what they're calling it nowadays, adulting. So it's like, get the kids ready for adulting. By the time they hit high school, most students, it all depends on their disabilities, but in general, should be able to take care of basic house chores on their own and maybe make a few things using the microwave safely. So just think about what are the kinds of skills that are needed for our students to succeed when they get to be an adult. What do we need to make sure they know? What do we make sure they can do? And so on. Well, that's that. And I hope you have a great week. And I am signing off. My name is Joy, and my website is touchingsuccess.education, www.touchingsuccess.education. I hope to see you there.